0: The views and opinions are those of the Wrestling Fans Insight and are not affiliated in any way with Libsyn.com or any of the major podcast platforms. This podcast may contain some offensive language and some adult content. Listening discretion is highly advised. Hello everyone, this is the Wrestling Fans Insight. I'm your host John Hoppy, along with my co host here, William. Man, what a hot some bitch it is today, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely hot plus not exactly feeling my best right now, so
0: Uh oh. Summer cold?
1: No. More like the guts.
0: Oh, like bad burrito type deal or
1: like maybe a raw burrito?
0: Ooh. Sushi burrito? No, no. No, no?
1: No, just terrible, terrible time.
0: Yeah. All right, well, we'll try to get through this and get you home fast then. (laughs) So, with that said, we don't want to keep Will going, so what the hell? We'll get right into it. We're just going to go over our normal weekly thoughts over the WWE and AEW programming. Uh, So we'll start off with Monday Night Raw. Uh, Going through the match results real quick, Finn Balor gets the victory over Rey Mysterio, Carmella defeating Bianca Belair via a countout, which was for the Raw Women's Championship, but obviously everybody who watches WWE knows that titles do not change hands on countouts or disqualifications unless rules specify. Therefore, Bianca Belair is still your Raw Women's Champion. AJ Styles and Ezekiel get a disqualification victory over Champa and The Miz. Alexa Bliss and Asuka getting the tag team victory over Dewdrop and Nikki, almost superhero. The Usos and Omos defeats the team of R-Truth and Street Profits. And in the main event, we see Bobby Lashley and Riddle defeating the team of Seth Freaking Rollins and Theory. Definitely a weird night, for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like, we'll start off with the first match. Um, This was definitely way different than we're used to seeing with the style clash. They're not doing their typical moves. They're going more for trying to counter each other. And, I mean, it turned out to be a cool match. It was just, it was different. Well,
0: do you think maybe with Rhea Ripley out, maybe... Judgment Day's kind of lost its fan interest. I,
1: yeah, I think that plus the whole Edge thing just kind of burnt it.
0: Yeah, I, I felt Edge being kicked out of the group definitely way too early, especially when it was just barely formed right after WrestleMania. Yeah. Or right during WrestleMania, in a sense, if you look at it the right way. I was just, didn't feel like there was much into the match whatsoever
1: no and really this was just a weird week period
0: I'll agree to that um before we go too far you know obviously there was the Brock Lesnar promo going you know exchanging words with Paul heyman this one was definitely not one of their best segments going back and forth with each other especially with theory coming out trying to Stir the shit in a way by having Gable and Otis try to attack Lesnar in the ring, but this was just typical Lesnar ah typical Lesnar promo. Nothing against Brock, it. I mean, he's just only being handed to him what they give him, you know, and he's getting paid for it, so he's probably thinking, well, fuck it, I'm getting paid.
1: I, I'll just do my thing, and I think it was just again this this week was weird. Yeah, and. and that whole promo—it just seemed like they were too busy trying to not be super disrespectful to each other.
0: Well, it was just—it's <laughs> just repetitive promos, the way I look at it. Yeah. It was kind of like, okay, we saw it coming. Otis and Gable took it like champs, though. Give it, give them credit to that. Um, now since uh, Becky Lynch makes her way ringside. Cuts her little promo that she wants the winner between Carmella and Bianca Belair, who end up going for the women' RAW Women's Championship. And in logistical sense, Becky Lynch has a legitimate gripe. She just took on Asuka the week prior in a, what was it a no holds barred match? But really, it should have been a pretty much a anything goes match in a way. Yeah pretty much the same thing, I guess you can say now that I'm thinking about it, my bad. However, yeah, it it was definitely kind of like the right storyline in place, but it didn't make sense to I guess involve herself into the match causing Bianca to be counted out and Carmella getting the victory. You know, especially when Carmella comes back in the ring and Holds the championship in the air when she knows damn well she didn't win the championship. No sense to really add that to the segment when everybody's going to pretty much know it right off the bat. Although, during the match, though, I would say Carmella looked really good. Yeah. I, I don't think she gets the credit she deserves for,
1: she for the talent she is. She definitely does, and, and I've mentioned that before. Um we're seeing a lot of new content out of her too. She's constantly upping her game uh, one noticeable thing was the botched dump uh, I don't know if you remember that
0: no i I tried not to bring up botched spots whatsoever to it, me that's other that's other podcast deal because they all like to point that shit out
1: oh no i'm I'm not complaining about it more more so uh hopefully everybody's okay after these misses.
0: Yeah, I think for the most part, they are. I mean, as long as you don't see the ref throwing an X up in the air, and you got medical staff rushing to the ring, I think it's safe to say they, they're they okay. Probably up until they get to the back and then they find out it's worse than thought, which sometimes that's the case, other times not so much. Oh. But... <laughs> Tired already.
1: Dude, I've been tired all weekend.
0: Yeah. Anyways, we go on to the AJ Styles and Ezekiel getting the disqualification victory over Tom... Ah, keep on to calling Tommaso, but it's just Champa and the Miz. And yeah, before the match, you know, there was the Miz TV segment where Miz is trying to make an, his final offer to Logan Paul. And, yeah, of course, we expect Logan Paul to make the replay, which he did, and... Basically tells Miz, go to hell, I'm going to face you at SummerSlam. So that's going to be an awesome match, hopefully. Logan Paul did impress the hell out of me at WrestleMania, so... If he continues that performance at SummerSlam, I'm sure we're in for a killer match. Nonetheless, uh, during that tag team match, Ciampa looked pretty good in there. I mean, coming from NXT... I just a little bummed that I don't think they brought him up fast enough,
1: yeah, and I really I haven't seen anything bad out of Champa ever
0: no Champa hits those moves like not to keep stutter pausing on y'all. Champa has a way with his skill sets that makes every every move look very believable, like he actually made contact, but he. In some ways, he does, but he doesn't. He does it without hurting his opponent. I, and the guy, I if he can keep healthy, injury free, I think he's still got a few more years to be here in WWE and prove some things. Also, want to point out though, with AJ Styles, man, that guy. Every time he hits that phenomenal forearm, he. He's always right on target with it.
1: I, I don't know how he's able to walk after he hits that because he's always landing down on his side.
0: Well, yeah. We'll probably won't keep like that if he gets any older.
1: No, no. <laughs> He'll
0: eventually have hip problems. However, yeah, it. it other than, you know, we're just kind of continuing on with the whole AJ and Miz feud. I don't really see it going much further than this do you
1: no no like if they're gonna do anything about it just do it at SummerSlam and then kill it
0: well i i think it's gonna end up just being logan paul and miz at SummerSlam, so i don't think they're gonna be able to really continue this much longer
1: it was curious to see styles and ezekiel together
0: yeah and for hell's sakes can someone please get some different colors for Zeke? He's been wearing the same shit every time he comes on. Like, good God, freshen it up. Change colors. Get uh, rid of that peach shit or whatever he's wearing.
1: I'm, I'm going to call it fuchsia.
0: <laughs> I thought fuchsia was a little more pink and all that shit. Uh, his trunks are pretty pink. Yeah. I, well, I do have new glasses on, so maybe I'll see it differently this next time I see him on my TV. Hey, let's move on. The And this was a match that kind of made me scratch my head because it didn't really seem like anything special. It was a good match, but the team of Alexa Bliss and Asuka defeating the team of Dewdrop and Nikki, almost superhero. It was... It was a good match and it was well done. Good match, well choreographed, but it wasn't something that was. It's not
1: gonna boost anybody anywhere.
0: No, that that's I guess where I was getting to the point is there's no real storyline to it and it made no sense to really have the match, other than it was just a filler match a good filler match. Yeah. Not a like a squash match. Unlike this next one. Wouldn't say it was a squash match, I guess, but <laughs> domination match in some aspects. But uh the Usos and Omos defeats the team of Our Truth and Street Profits, which started as a promo between the Street Profits and the Usos. Our Truth makes his way down the ring and tries to pretty much make himself sound like he's a certified in everything, especially being like a tag team counselor. I think it was. Yeah. And this <laughs> was. I-, I think we're stretching it just a little much with Our Truth
1: now. Yeah, this-, this is weird. If we're gonna go anywhere with Truth go back to his single seriousness
0: well make him a make him a legit competitor for yeah. sure like, it, to me this match was just it was developed into not, from nonsense from the start you know you got our truth trying to act like he's a good candidate to be the special guest referee for the undisputed tag team championship match at summerSlam and then MVP tries to offer Omos's services to be the special guest referee. And I think everybody knew neither one of these guys were going to end up being the special guest referee. Yeah. We eventually found that out on SmackDown.
1: Which I don't think any of us really saw that coming.
0: No, I don't think anybody did. We'll bring it up a little bit later once we get to the SmackDown results. But, yeah, it was a good six-man tag match, but it just... Involved too much nonsense to lead up to the match. and That's the only thing that would take away from a great match like that. Now we're going on to the main event. Bobby Lashley and Riddle defeating Seth freaking Rollins in theory. Which, during the middle of the match, Dolph Ziggler came down to ringside to have a little personal seat, I guess, to keep an eye on the competition. Mm-hmm. But that pretty much baffled me. Why? Because... The last time we saw Dolph Ziggler, he came out with Robert Roode, and I think they were trying to have some kind of interview before MVP and Olmos made it all the way to the Yeah, and then Ziggler
1: super kicked. MVP, right? MVP Yeah. And this is, I gotta ask it, Ziggler going babyface on us?
0: According to most of the experts, that's what it seems like it's leading to.
1: That's what it looked like to me, and I put down yes, F, yes. On my notes. I I think it would be... I think it's time for them to do that kind of a run with him.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the first run he did as a babyface... God, it lasted for a good two or three years or something like that. Yep. And Ziggler's very well over with the crowd. So, him making having another babyface run, I think, definitely would bring back a lot of crowd interest. However, what's unclear is... Him going after Theory. I mean, Theory was trying to make a pin attempt with his feet on the ropes, and Ziggler gets up, pushes his feet off, and all of a sudden it was enough for Theory to be distracted where Riddle hits the RKO. Right. And gets the pin on Theory.
1: Let's see Ziggler swindle that uh, money in the bank.
0: Well, it could lead up to that. Who knows? Or what we may see is... When Austin Theory cashes in his money in the bank contract at SummerSlam, who knows? Maybe we see Dolph Ziggler prevent him from trying to win the championship.
1: That, or maybe it creates a new rivalry. Well, then that, that that would be a killer match.
0: I was. Either way, we can't go wrong if the fans win, no matter what the situation will be. It could lead up to both, for all we know.
1: Yeah. As far as the match itself, I mean, this was physical. It was a really, really good match.
0: Yeah. Uh, the only thing I would say was probably overly done is you see Bobby Lashley run uh, Seth, uh, Seth freaking Rollins right through the barricade. Yeah. Seems like that type of a spot keeps being done with just a little much to the point where maybe we need to look at something different.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking few less DQs, overall crotch shots.
0: <laughs> I'm going to quit bringing that up because I think our my buddy Carlos Estrada on Twitter I think he's secretly sending messages to these talents hey, do a ball shot here and I'll have my friend mention you on the podcast <laughs> just kidding Carlos, I love you man anyways, we're going to take a short break then we'll get right into NXT 2.0 Welcome back, NXT 2.0. We first see an attack on Roxanne Perez, you know, and Cora Jade there trying to figure out what's happened to her friend and ask for help for her little buddy there. But then we go into Giovanni Vici getting the victory over Apollo Crews, thanks to Zion Quinn as predicted. We saw that Zion Quinn was a little... Uh, I guess you can say disheartened in a way, or offended that Apollo Crews wasn't his next opponent.
1: I usually use the term booty tickled. but
0: (laughs) Oh boy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to leave it alone. Leave it alone. Uh, Sorry, I kind of got the height sidetracked. We're going to go back to the regular format. So we had Giovanni Vinci defeating Apollo Crews, Tatum Paxley getting the victory over Caden Carter, Sanga getting the victory over Duke Hudson, Solo Sokoa and Von Wagner go to a double count out. That was actually a damn good match, in my opinion. I think that was match of the night, actually. Then uh, we go into Indy Hartwell defeating Lash Legend. Tony D'Angelo and Stax defeating the team of Malik Blade and Idris Anofe. And in the main event, Mandy Rose retaining her NXT Women's Championship against a very injured Roxanne Perez. Um, we already went over the first little promo. And then going into the Giovanni Vinci and Apollo Crews match, I that was a damn good match.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm... Super impressed with Vinci thus far. Everything he's done has just got me convinced.
0: Well, and it's not every day that you see two fast-paced working talent work well with each other, but they made it work. They complemented each other's skill set. Uh, I mean, I I think pretty much the fans were just in total awe the entire match up until we saw the interference by Zion Quinn. Yeah. And, obviously, it's pretty clear that Apollo Crews and Zion Quinn are going to meet here very shortly. Yes, sir. And then, going into the few promos, I didn't really have much on them. Cameron Grimes has his... I'm sorry, I'm just going to call it as I see it, his little pity party for not winning the NXT championship. And then we see JD McDonough come in and basically mock him for the whole whimper and whining And the two apparently have a little bit of a shove match, and Cameron Grimes manages to get J.D. out of the ring. And I think the match is scheduled for next week, if I remember right. Yeah. It it was made official that we'll see J.D. McDonough and Cameron Grimes square off. Tiffany Stratton, not really much to the promo, just talking about herself. Then we see uh, Roderick Strong telling Damon Kemp that he's going to have a little bit of a learning lesson next week. Sounds like it's going to be Roderick Strong and Damon Kemp going one on one in next week's programming. Then we got Grayson Waller boo hooing, blaming Wesley, which I found that promo a little funny because really what started that was uh, Trick Williams. Trick Williams was the one that got in Grayson Waller's way, and Wesley attacked Trick Williams which I'm not quite sure who thought of that one, but, yeah, yeah, that one was kind of a poorly designed interview there. Um, going into batch number two, Tatum Paxley getting the victory over Caden Carter. Tatum looking really good, but you definitely could tell Caden pretty much did the job for Tatum. Yeah. Caden Carter, obviously, the better talent of the two. And she made Tatum look really good.
1: Yeah. Um, Tatum's Tatum's okay. She's decent. Uh, she needs time to get better, obviously. Caden Carter is just absolutely amazing. She gets overlooked a lot, I think.
0: I think her and Katana... Sorry, I'm going to call her Casey. I can't stand the name change. No. I think Katana, is only because she was on that... Uh, what was that...
1: American Ninja,
0: yeah, thank you. It, yeah, it was. I think Caden Casey definitely get overlooked for a lot of things. The Gel Wells attack team Hillturn turn is obviously coming up in the future because the way their uh, attitude change toward competition has shown
1: over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they're 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 back there agitating the crap out of people.
0: Yeah, so. which is fun to see because you don't want. Keep seeing that niceness every week. It gets boring eventually. Yep. And the only thing I would say is this match could have definitely used more time to kind of help Tatum and Caden out. Like I said, I I think Tatum's improving quite a bit. She still has a ways to go. She's still rather green. But I also like the fact that Ivy Niles is, as far as the whole storyline, Ivy Niles is, Take mentoring. A, yeah, mentoring Tatum, and who knows, maybe we'll eventually see a new version of Diamond Mine with Tatum Paxley in it. We never know. Then we, uh, it's weird, because Joe Gacy promotes Schism's futures. I thought it was Dyad.
1: It was Dyad.
0: And they changed it to Schism. Yep. Now the name changed for you. <sighs> Jesus Christ. I'm sure everyone's laughing hearing me because I'm on a curse fest today and I apologize. It's the heat and new glasses and a lot of dude in the pro shop part of my business this weekend. Anywho, done with my pity party. Yeah, it was weird. Joe Gacy promoting that they're going to reveal themselves. So this will be interesting to see who they really are if. You don't know who they are yet. I don't know. I haven't even bothered looking at dirt sheets. We go on to match number three where Sangha defeats Duke Hudson. And I don't have anything for this match other than it. Yeah, we have the continuing domination of Sangha, which I would think eventually is going to land him a title opportunity. Right. Which one, who knows?
1: I was a little disappointed that they did that smash match on Duke, though.
0: Well, yeah, and that's my note right there is... What are they doing with Duke? They're dropping the ball with this guy.
1: Yeah, they they have him go up and then smack him right back down.
0: Yeah, I I mean, ever since Dexter Loomis has been released and Persia Parada has been released, it seems like it's just been nothing but downhill for Duke. And I don't think that's fair to a talent like this. I mean, he works his ass off. He does quality matches. I mean, shit, you might as well just move him to the main roster if you're going to keep doing this with him in NXT. Because there's definitely some things needed in the main roster. Yeah. I mean, the last few weeks have shown that, in my opinion, NXT right now is the best thing out of all three brands for WWE at the moment. Oh, yeah. And I think they need to make some changes with SmackDown and Raw. And maybe move some of these talent up there because, one, it would be fresh faces, and two, there's a lot these guys can do to help bring crowds back. Yep. Mm. Anyhow, yeah. Then we see a little bit of a shotted segment where Pretty Deadly goes into the country bar. What the fuck they were thinking. But, yeah, the then they Get right in the face of Briggs and Jensen, and It almost landed to a bar barroom brawl, but apparently Fun Killer, their little, what the hell's her name, Fallon Henley, stops and sets the match up for next week. So we're going to have a NXT UK Tag Team Championship on the next episode of NXT 2.0. Should be a pretty good match, though. Then going on to match number four, Sola Sokoa and Von Wagner going to a double countout. And this is the one match where I would say makes sense to have a double countout or a disqualification or something. No clear winner because you got two big guys that are just known as fighters. Yeah. You got Von Wagner looking like the pretty much dominant monster, and Sola Sokoa, who's a street fighter. I mean, obvious relative to the bloodline and keeping the dominance alive. I mean, eventually I think we're going to see it probably at the next big event for NXT 2.0 where they're going to be in some type of gimmick match, whether it's last standing match, falls count anywhere match, something of that sort. Hell in a cell, who knows. But... I think it would be interesting to watch these two go at it. Yeah. I mean these guys can feud forever, and I'd watch it any day, any time.
1: Yeah. And I want to make a little side note that this is the best that I've actually seen with Wagner. He he was just moving a lot more fluidly. He really, really did well with Sokoa to sell this match.
0: Yeah, he kept up with Sokoa very well because for Von Wagner to take on smaller talent, sometimes it's not as easy to work when you're so mismatched in size. Yeah. And even though is still a bit smaller than Wagner, they made it work.
1: I, I could see Wagner being the next Sid Vicious.
0: Oh. Hopefully he just doesn't break his ankle coming off the middle rope, though. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, lordy. Uh, and then we go into yet another promo... Doesn't really hold marriage to anything. I don't know why Carmella Hayes and Trick Williams just basically celebrating for their victories from the Great American Bash. Going into match number five, which was kind of a dud, Indy Hartwell defeating Lash Legend. The reason I say it's a dud because this was definitely not Indy's best
1: match. No, this I actually wrote this down as a terrible match. Yeah, I if I. Some some things went very, very wrong, and I hope her neck is okay. Oh, yeah. She definitely
0: missed that big time.
1: I, I've and taken a fall like that before off the top of the fence, and that was before I got my surgery done. That was her
0: springboard, right? Yeah,
1: and I, I can tell you right now, when you land face first like that from a distance up, it hurts. Oh,
0: yeah. It, it was just kind of a bummer to see that because, you know, Last Legend getting better in the ring is she keeps wrestling to face a somewhat veteran of Indy Hartwell. Yeah, it it shows anything can happen at any time, especially to the better talents. But hopefully India is okay. I mean, but yeah, it, that match was just not good. But Alba Fire, I guess, managed to kind of heat things up a little bit going right after last post-match. She was Almost could have swung that ball bat a little better, in my opinion, make it a little more believable. Uh, did yeah. you Did you watch any of that? I did. Did it feel like she was kind of...
1: She, she could have broke more stuff with that bat to well, sell it.
0: Well, her swing kind of felt really off.
1: Yeah. Like she's never swung a ball bat before. Like she smacked the announcer's table. She could have done a lot more with that.
0: Yeah, at least break their TVs or something. But, yeah, nothing. Anywho, we're going to go on to the tag team of Tony D'Angelo and Stax defeating the team of Malik Blade and Idris Inouye, which pretty much just shows off the continued angle of how strong the family's going to be with Legato Del Fantasma. You obviously see that Tony's trying to call the shots with Legato and making him attack the opponents post-match and Showing if they're loyal or not.
1: Right. And this was a really good match. Uh, Kudos to Malik and Idris. Every, Every single week that we see them come in and wrestle, they do an amazing job.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And I think eventually Malik and Idris will get there in due time.
1: Yeah. I just... It's not now.
0: Yeah, it's not now, but... I think we'll see it in the future. They will be serious contenders for either tag team championships or possible single runs.
1: Yeah, they're already doing pretty good as far as fan base. Right.
0: I mean, the fans are behind them. They were behind them during that, you know, the Dusty Tag Classic. Yeah. They they went further than many people gave them credit for. It's just a matter of time before we see them take off and excel. And then going into the main event that, which a lot of people got the shocker that probably nobody expected whatsoever with Mandy Rose defeating Roxanne Perez to retain the NXT Women's Championship, we see the heel turn of Cora Jade on her best, well, I guess you can't say best friend anymore. But what really is interesting about this was, one, it was a great match overall, even with the, He'll turn from Cora, but you could see the predictability coming the way Cora was setting it up. However, the one thing that I kind of caught on early in the program was was where Cora was making a mention that she told Roxanne not to go to the arena by herself. and Like, wait a minute, you were just right behind her during that first segment of the program, so... I don't know. It was just
1: weird setup. Too soon, way too soon for this turn.
0: Well, too soon for the turn. Also for the fact that one, they just won the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships off of Toxic Attraction last week.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, if this turn was going to come, then it probably would have been better off to give Carter and Chance,
0: or even Toxic Attraction, in a rematch. Yeah. It would have been smarter to, you know, turn on Roxanne Perez, but I think you would needed to have Roxanne Perez hold the NXT Women's Championship while holding the tag team championship as well. Yeah. But creative's now got a little bit of a cluster to work with here because, logistically, they kind of, in my way, in my view, rushed this at too quick. And this one's going to be a little bit of a... You're going to probably need a bitter mop to clean this one up. And we will be right back. We'll go over the smackdown. Yeah, once again, I kind of felt SmackDown was yet just a fucking spaghetti
1: mess. Yeah, did it seem to you like they were just kind of just stalling time?
0: Well, it just seemed like there was no real plan in place.
1: Yeah, I mean, what did we have? Four? Four matches. Well, you had four. It was supposed to be five.
0: Four matches that should have been five. The promos were a little bit...
1: Long-winded.
0: Well, not just long-winded, but repetitive in a way. Um, Let's just hurry and get through it, because it's already hurting my brain. (laughs) SmackDown. Very first match, Liv Morgan defeating Natalia in a championship contenders match. Then we had Drew McIntyre defeating Ridge Holland. Then Madcap Moss gets the disqualification victory over Theory. And in the main event, I guess you can call it a pin. Angelo Dawkins getting the victory over Jimmy Uso. Um, let's just start off with Pat McAfee coming out to welcome everyone back to SmackDown. Colin, uh <laughs> Happy Corbin. Bumass Corbin. Bumass Corbin. Well, then you call him Douchebag or something or Douchebag Corbin. Yeah. Yeah. He apparently likes to keep poking the bear and the former roommates from Indianapolis cult days, you know. It's kind of like having old brothers get with each other and like fighting with each other, play fighting and all that. I'm sure that's what it really comes down to, but you can tell these two are enjoying working with each other. Which, there's nothing wrong with that. And that was a good fresh start to SmackDown. I will say this one... The opening wasn't bad. And having him introduce Liv Morgan. to Down to the ring. Was pretty cool. Then going into the very first match. Liv Morgan. Getting the victory over Natalia. That was an awesome match. Between both women. I mean obviously in my opinion. That was match of the night. I thought both women gave it. Really good. Go around with. Uh, sorry I'm really not. Good with my words tonight. But both women did a great job with this match. That's what I'm trying to say. I think Natty was the perfect opponent for Liv. Especially with Liv getting better every time we see her on TV. Liv is one of those talents that she just needs to let loose with when she comes to working with the veteran talent. Because veteran talent is what's going to get you over in those crowds and no better person than Natalia to do that job nothing
1: well I mean I found it was a really good match like you said just it wasn't my favorite because I found the ending to be a little too predictable
0: oh how so
1: uh I pretty much called exactly what was going to happen and it happened
0: oh okay uh like. I, I
1: think the pinfall could have been a little more epic,
0: yeah, yeah, but sometimes you just have to improvise and do some things, but if it was predictable to you, then you know I'm not gonna argue it i mean that's that's your opinion there um this next one was uh well. What I loved after the match was Kayla, when she was interviewing Liv, asking her, well, I guess wasn't really asking, but in a sense kind of taking Liv down with saying, you know, how do you think you're going to match up when Ronda Rousey is 100% at SummerSlam, which that's a legitimate question to ask. It was a good way to kind of give Liv a roadblock to answer. And Liv did the best she could with, given her response. Didn't sound real believable, but, you know, who knows? Maybe at SummerSlam we'll see their, you know, Liv get the victory over Ronda. I'm sure she will, but I'm going to call it early. I think we're going to see Charlotte Flair make her return and cost Ronda that match. Because you know she's going to want their revenge after after, not after WrestleMania, but uh, what was that, Uh WrestleMania Backlash.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know why they call it that. Just stick with Backlash. Anywho. Um, yeah, it's... I feel that Liv needs to definitely work better on her mic skills and make herself sound like a real believable champion. Going into match number two, which... I believe this was supposed to be Drew McIntyre and Sheamus again, but it ends up being Ridge Holland. Is that right?
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. It was uh, super disappointing to me. This was okay, but it was super quick.
0: Right. I. It just seemed like the match was out of place. There was no real plan. I mean, typical Drew McIntyre dominating and getting the victory. It just... It didn't feel like the match needed to be there.
1: No. the I found the only entertaining thing really about it was watching Butch.
0: <laughs> Butch take the bell and ring him the song, bitch?
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: That just... That was a little weird. But, anyhow... Um... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. Um... Now, I'm sure this happened before the match we just discussed. The New Day coming out dressed like the Viking Raiders. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I just I don't know if it did anyone any favors. But we see the Viking Raiders come down to make their attack and then Mahal and Shanky were now involved and it turned out to pretty much be a numbers game, but that doesn't really help the New Day really if you think about it. Why call out the guys if you're going to need two other guys to come help you? Yeah. Is, is, this, is this going to eventually be a handicap match where it's four on two? I just don't see that happening. Then uh, Gunther and Ludwig, Ludwig, I'm sorry, in the back, I'm getting your interview, and all I gathered from that was, was Gunther didn't want to tolerate failure again, and Continues to chop Ludwig again for last week's loss to Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't have anything for that.
1: Neither do I. He already did the punishment. There wasn't a need to do a second.
0: Yeah, to me it was just kind of a useless promo. But... Then in my notes, I got was it Lacey Evans before the Madcap Moss match, or was
1: it was a, it actually took place before the Drew McIntyre match?
0: Oh, that's really my bad. I'm way off the grid, guys. I'm sorry.
1: It was a, a Leah come out, Evans come out, Evans of course, griping at the fans, and then a walkout.
0: Yeah, again, I just a repetitive promo like this. I just don't think it was needed.
1: I mean, just move on, have a match. Just like I said before at the very beginning of us talking about SmackDown, this to me seemed like they were just doing a stall night. Like they weren't ready. Going on to match number three,
0: Madcap Moss gets the disqualification victory over Theory, which Theory pretty much uses money in the briefcase, over Madcap Moss, which... Yeah, I don't understand. No, that.
1: Yeah, I don't understand either, because this was actually a really, really good match, and that ending is just...
0: Well, you got two future stars here that'll probably end up holding the company. Yeah. And, yeah, this finish just... there. There's just no sense to it. I mean, like NXT 2.0, where I said the Von Wagner and Sokoa match, that was the one time makes sense to have it ended in some type of shenanigans. This match with Theory and Moss did not. Although I did like what did happen after the match where Theory, Theory was trying to escape. but gets stopped by Sami Zayn and Theory calls Zayn's bluff and out comes the Usos which pretty much intimidates Theory to go back to the ring but He's met by Madcap Moss getting his revenge and throws him over the barricade and everything and I guess, you know, way a good way for Moss to celebrate, but Yeah, it just it didn't really go anywhere with that whole thing. And then we go into Heyman trying to or not sorry. That was actually before Heyman was trying to manipulate Moss into trying to get something going where he could have a match with Roman Reigns in the future, but obviously Moss called that bluff out. But going into the main event, Angelo Dawkins, I guess you can say, got that pinfall victory on Jimmy Uso, but Jimmy Uso's shoulder was up like Montez Ford's was over at Money in the Bank. It was, uh, I guess you can in a way say now they're both pretty much offset with tainted victories against each other.
1: Yeah. I mean, it It was a great match. It really was. Just, once again, the ending.
0: Yeah, it just... Why, why repeat the same ending? It wasn't just to even it out, because it doesn't really do anything for the whole storyline with the Usos and Bloodline. However, we found out after the match, Adam Pearce comes out and calls out the shenanigans at both Money in the Bank and on SmackDown, saying we're going to have a special guest referee who will make sure this doesn't happen. And lo and behold, we find out the special guest referee for the SummerSlam match will be Jeff Jarrett. Yep,
1: Double J. And that was way interesting. I did not see it coming whatsoever.
0: Well, that kind of makes sense because SummerSlam is going to be in Nashville, Tennessee. So, yeah. Hometown hero being the special guest referee. Now the question is, is Double J going to stay with the heels or is he going to side with the Street Profits? I think,
1: I think Double J always just did better as a heel.
0: So you think he's going to favor the Usos? I believe so. Yeah, I... I agree with you on that. Although it would be quite the interesting swerve if he was to cost the Usos the undisputed tag team championships. Yeah, that would definitely be a shocker, and probably something to be talked about for a few weeks. Other than that, yeah, SmackDown was definitely, yeah, yeah, it was a blah week for those guys. Sad to say, but not every show is a home run, but not every show's a terrible fest and this was just terrible all right let's go on the brighter note for the week thank god uh aew dynamite fighter fest night one Start off with the TNT Championship. Wardlow retaining against Orange Cassidy. For the AEW Interim World Championship, John Moxley defeats Kinosuke Sh- ah, Takeshita. Luchasaurus gets an easy victory over Griff Garrison. Claudio Castanoli gets the victory over his old WWE partner Jake Hager. Serena D gets one hell of a victory over Anna J. And in the main event, the three-way dance for the AEW Tag Team Championships. New champions swerving the glory, the team of Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee getting the victory over Team
1: Taz and the Young Bucks.
0: That was a interesting night,
1: would you say? It was. Um, kudos and thank you. Thank you, AEW Dynamite, for starting the night off with absolute comedy with Orange Cassidy.
0: Oh man, I tell you Orange <laughs> Cassidy I'll tell you the it was actually the whole thing with Best Friends, Orange Cassidy. <laughs> I, I love the pre interview segment where Best Friend says, Well, the only way we're gonna win is we have to cheat. Yeah. <laughs> that was
1: <laughs> And of course his answer was I don't care.
0: Yeah. I I love that about Orange Cassidy. He's just got that like Cool doesn't really give a shit type deal.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we we expected Wardlow would of course retain, but I found it interesting that it was a quick one power bomb win.
0: Oh no! I mean, thing of it is, is Orange Cassidy pretty much was the can't really say grappler, but definitely the wrestler in that match. This technician wrestler in a way well not even technician he he orange cassidy showed off his skill set yeah and a skill set that i think everybody secretly says they know he has but you don't see it quite often on tv from him
1: yeah no and there's not too many people that actually possess that same quality
0: no and Another thing that kind of made me laugh about the match was the Best Friends trying to sneak in a chainsaw. Yeah. And Bryce Rensberg catches him and ejects Best Friends for that. That was a that was just an entertaining segment there cuz yeah. I mean, you obviously know that's not going to be totally believable a chainsaw. Jesus Christ. But then uh like I said Orange Cassidy, he's the one that brought a lot of the in-ring skill to this match, but it was Wardlow with his power that like you said, one power bomb. he didn't do the power bomb symphony, but...
1: No, he made sure with that more experienced guy, put him down and put him down quick.
0: Yeah, and I love the fact that after the match, Wardlow gives his respect to Orange Cassidy, you know. Yep. Obviously, it was a more competitive match, and I think everybody was going to give it credit for. Especially if you see it on paper. But, yeah, for the most part, it was... It was a great match, especially being these two guys going never feuding with each other before. Hats off to both those guys. Then going into match number two, John Moxley getting the victory and retaining the AEW interim championship against Takehashi. I'm not going to say his first name anymore. <laughs> I already butchered it enough. Uh, it was a very intense physical match from bell to bell. Takehashi. Is just going to be one of those talent that continues to get better, and I think good weight, good things are coming his way as he progresses.
1: Yeah, I really don't have anything that I can add on to that. I think you nailed it. He's awesome.
0: And Mox, John Moxley is just on a good momentum roll here with AEW. Do we really consider interim championship a championship run though? I don't. I mean, if you do, then I guess you can say he's the two-time AEW champion.
1: Yeah, but it'd be easier to just call him Big Match.
0: Right. But nonetheless, he's, he's doing a great job defending the championship until he has to have his day with CM Punk to make it clear there's only one champion. Yep. And I think that will be a great match once we get to it. And then we have Christian Cage and Luchasaurus come out where I guess varsity blondes are already out in the ring. Christian Cage, I'll tell you, man, that guy can keep going deeper and deeper within Salts County. Yep.
1: Yeah, he's just he's right there on the edge of going a little too far every time, and he knows it.
0: Yeah. And I think it was Talk is Jericho podcast where I think Chris Jericho asked MJF, how do you just keep getting better and better with, you know, the whole kayfabe of being a heel 24-7? And I think MJF, if I remember right, MJF responded that you just keep going for the jugular and keep digging the knife deeper. And that's what Christian's doing each and every week with his promos. He knows where to hit the personal side that many wrestling fans know about, but gets even deeper in the real-life aspects of the wrestler's life. and
1: Yeah, I mean, the comments about the great Brian Pillman, I mean...
0: Yeah, <laughs> where he told uh, Flying Brian Jr. that his dad would be appalled that that's his latest contribution to the wrestling world. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. I, it, but hey, as long as TNT's okay with it, let it go, man.
1: I will say... In the match between uh, Luchasaurus and Garrison. I'm really, really happy with the way they're going with Luchasaurus. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know if I dig the King similarities. No. But Luchasaurus being a single competitor, yeah. I mean, this dude is a big athlete who can actually do Lucha Libre-type moves. Sorry, he froze there for a minute because I couldn't get the words out. Um, But yeah, Luchasaurus is one of those guys that should have had a single title run by now in either Ring of Honor or AEW or New Japan, wherever he's at. I just think now that with him and Jungle Boy split, I think they're considered split. Nothing's been real official yet, but Obviously, Christian's manipulated Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus is going to be one of those guys that can have a run with anything, whether it's the TNT Championship, possible AEW Championship in the future. I, I could
1: even see him with the FTW.
0: Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. It'd be nice to see that FTW Championship change hands at some point.
1: And get legitimized.
0: Yeah, I think AEW needs to sanction that title. I think... It, the way they're going, it would make sense. Um, then we go into uh, Claudio Castagnoli defeating his former WWE partner, Jake Hager. I
1: These guys burned it. They killed it.
0: Yeah, very physical match. I didn't really have a lot to write, even though this was a spectacular match between the two former WWE talent. The one thing I really loved, though, during the match was the fans chanting, We the People, because... <laughs> Obviously, you're not going to forget that. Yeah, and as much as Jericho tried to get fans to not chant that during the first version of the inner circle, well, the only version of the inner circle when he brought Hager out to the group, fans were chanting "We the People," and Jericho was trying to get fans to quit doing that because his opinion is, is, you know what, this is a different company. Let's move on away from the WWE things, and I get that. It be respectful to the new character and the new promotion.
1: Right, but it was still cool to see Claudio turn around and acknowledge the fans for that.
0: Oh yeah. And <laughs> I mean, he's he's definitely having a ball being in AEW and I think AEW
1: they're going to utilize him better.
0: I I don't I really hope they don't drop the ball like WWE did with this guy. I what WWE didn't see in Claudio is beside me. Every time I watched him live in person, I mean, how the hell do you say this guy does not connect with fans when the fans are out there cheering their ass off for this guy? They had an entire section for him. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) how do you miss this? Of course, you know, it was just like with Zack Ryder, the now Matt Cardona, you know. I just, some things I just don't get how you say they're not over with the fans, but you're seeing a complete 180 of what they're saying. and
1: Well, you, that, and they kept them on the roster for as long as they did.
0: Yeah. I mean.
1: Why would you do that?
0: If you're not going to use them, release them. You know, save yourselves some money here. Be done with it. Nonetheless, it, you know, we got sidetracked, sorry. We're going to move on to match number five where the Professor Serena Deeb gets the victory over Anna Jay. I think the ladies killed it.
1: They did. This was great. I mean, you, Anna Jay, we've been watching for, what, two years now?
0: Yeah, she made her AEW debut two years ago.
1: Yeah, and she has just been so impressive with how much she's picked up and gotten better at. And then Serena Deeb, what, uh, what can you really say?
0: Well, in this, in my opinion, Serena Deeb did a great job with Anna Jay. And Anna Jay held her own, don't get me wrong. She, she has...
1: Mm -hmm. she's the future yeah
0: I I would say right now she's in my lead for the most improved female wrestler of the year the way she's been going she's worked so hard in that ring and it's showing that she's doing such a great job it'll be interesting though uh, you know after they had the post match where Tay Conti goes to the back in the locker room and taunts her for you know Making unwise decisions. But I think this would be an interesting match. Between Anna Jay and Tay Conti. And then in the main event. Where it was just exciting as hell for the fans. Especially when you get them chanting fight forever. I mean. I'm wondering if this ended up being a five star match. I'll have to go back and look at. uh, I think it's Wrestling Observer or something like that.
1: For me, it was five-star. I recorded it as as epic.
0: Yeah. We see the team of Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee, swerving the Glory, becoming new tag team champions by defeating the Young Bucks and Team Taz. And all three teams just did a killer job.
1: Yes, they did. Uh, There wasn't a moment where you wanted to look away.
0: No. I mean, some of the big moments, you know, Jim Ross calling Will Hobbs Splash onto keith lee the bullfrog splash
1: yeah
0: uh, i got a chuckle out of that because you don't normally expect jim ross to come up with that but where he's having the time of his life with broadcasting now it's great to see our childhood broadcast broadcaster have fun uh, another thing to note uh You know, we see Swerve that was possibly going to hit Keith Lee with the tag belt.
1: Yeah. What the fuck,
0: man? You're trying to win the championship, not attack your partner.
1: Yeah, but you still got to let him know.
0: Yeah. However, I don't think Keith Lee saw it. Did he?
1: Did he? Um, I think he did. Just gave him that puzzled look, like, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, and then Swerve tosses the belt out of the ring, but then gets... Attacked behind by i think it was the young bucks yeah yeah that just didn't make sense to have in the match but anyways obviously there's still a little bit of tension there but another thing that i just thought was really in awe watching keith lee fly over the top rope yeah nearly 400 pound dude jumping over the I kind
1: of thought after his um, last big injury with WWE that he was done doing that kind of thing.
0: Well, thing is, WWE gets a lot of these guys to tone it down, and I understand that. But AEW is kind of a different deal. You know, they want it to be pro wrestling based. Not that it's a typical pro wrestling move to fly over the top, you know. Not when you're 400 plus. But when you're 400 plus, holy shit, dude. That guy, he amazes me every time I watch him do something different. I've never seen him do that, but apparently he's done it before. And, dude, I tell you, if you can do it, hey, more power to you. Chemistry between all three teams, though, they they did a really great job. I mean, Team Taz and Swerve in the Glory already had a match prior with Jungle Express, or whatever they went by back then. Jurassic. Oh, is that what... I said Jungle Express, didn't I? He did! Damn. Heat's getting to me. Just found out my AC unit's now not working, so... Try to bear with me, folks. Anywho. um Yeah. So, yeah, when they faced Jurassic Express, I mean, and the Glory and Team Taz already, I guess you can say it was pretty much a practice, but this match was definitely much better than their last one.
1: Yeah, and the one thing that I said on that last match, uh, they accomplished, because that last time, we noticed that there was a little too much focus between just Team Taz and Swerve and Lee. This time, Everybody was focused on their team.
0: Welcome back from break. We're going to now cover Rampage, which also known as Fighter Fest Night 2. Uh, start things off, we had to Hassel Black, Malachi Black, and Brody King defeat the team of Dark Order. In the Ring of Honor World Championship match, Jonathan Gresham retains against Lee Moriarty. Match number three, Athena and Chris Statlander get a quick victory over the Renegade Twins. And in the main event, the Lucha Bros defeat the team of Private Party. Starting off with the first match was <laughs> pretty entertaining, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm, I considered this to be an excellent match. Um, I've always been a huge fan of the way Dark Order works together, but I'm secretly super, super into uh, Johnny Hungy. Just,
0: I I loved watching him try to square up with Brody King and yeah, I mean how, how the hell Brody King held it together and to trying not to
1: laugh. I mean, honestly, Silver is. He is an amazing talent, but he also brings that that expert showmanship to the ring. The sense of humor, yeah. when, when to play certain cards. He's just good at it.
0: Oh, yeah. It, he's a good overall talent. And I love him and Rel, ah, Alex Reynolds teaming together all the time. They mesh very well as a good tag team. They do. I mean, I think in the future we might see them in a little more serious role. Maybe having a little bit of, maybe a brief run to have a shot at the AEW Tag Team Championships.
1: I would enjoy to see that.
0: Yeah. Not that they'll win it, but I think it would be a good run for those two lads. Yeah. And, man, how about Malachi Black hitting that drop kick off the top to break up a pin?
1: <laughs> yeah. Little interesting that he had to kick his own guy, but he got the job done, and that was quite a flight.
0: well, that was the only way to break it up at that angle, really, but yeah I mean nonetheless it it was still a, a good way to break up a pin and keep your team in it.
1: King had to have been running out of air
0: well <laughs> that was a bad
1: angle on his neck
0: oh i wasn't even I didn't even notice that part
1: yeah you he, he was folded over at the neck.
0: You no know, I'll have to go back and watch the replay on that. That's kind of interesting. Ah, Nonetheless, House of Black, they get their victory. Then we go on to the Ring of Honor World Championship match, which on a pro wrestling level was a solid match. Yeah. I, I mean, it was a great match as far as uh, both Gresham and Moriarty having similar, I guess you can say, attributes or skill sets. Uh, The one thing, though, I thought was kind of funny was just watching Gresham slip in that little hmm. bang cock there. That's, I'm like,
1: uh I, I can't believe he freaking wetted out and giggled right before he did it.
0: Oh, yeah. He, he was like, I'm going to feel silly for doing this spot, but here we go anyway. Fuck. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. It was an impressive match.
0: It was. It was. Both guys are very skilled in the ring.
1: And th- I believe this is the first time I've ever seen Gresham wrestle.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Need to go back and watch some of his Ring of Honor stuff. He he does a wonderful job. I think I mentioned to you a couple of weeks back to go check out matches with Gresham and Silas Young. Yeah. You definitely should go watch those. Those were some good classics between the two. Yeah, sorry, I had to grab a swig of water there. And going on to match number three, it was pretty much just short and sweet. Athena and Chris under defeating the Renegade Twins.
1: I was a little surprised that they started it off with, you know, before even the bail going.
0: Well, and honestly, I, well, I think the point being made was... Chris Statlander and Athena mean business. Yeah. Which
1: that's what they did. But I, I was still a little bit disappointed that we didn't get to see more out of, you know, the Renegade Twins. Yeah.
0: I agree with that. I think the match was definitely way rushed. I think the Renegade Twins deserved a little more respect than that. The one thing I was a little baffled by was the post match with Layla Gray trying to make the attack on Statlander and Athena. And, I, I shake shaking my head like, okay. But then you have... Obviously, it didn't work out for Leila Gray. My apologies. But then you have Jade Cargill and Kara Hogan come out and dominate Statlander and Athena. Like, wait yeah. a minute.
1: Yeah, they kind of peed all over that quick match.
0: I'm, I'm just like... You just had Statlander and Athena dominate the match and then make them look like shit. When Jade and Kira came out.
1: That and what they were pushing with Layla Gray (laughs) was that Layla Gray's purpose was to make sure to protect, you know, Jade Cargill. So why send her out to start crap and then have Jade out there to, to to save her butt?
0: None of it just made sense.
1: Period. I mean... And that's more of what we talked about it being a weird week. It really was. Yeah,
0: I... To me, it was just nonsense. There, None of that post-match shit needed to happen. Yeah. I think this just kind of made it look worse than what they made it, or what they intended to. Yeah. And then going into the main event, the Lucha Brothers get the victory over Private Party. Um, Definitely not their best match. The one thing to in- that's interesting to note, that both these teams haven't faced each other in almost three years. Yeah. I guess the funny thing to note before the match even started where, you know, Mark Henry has both sides of the match in an interview. Private Party asks Andrade, you know, why they haven't answered their phones and whatnot, which is weird. Because I thought he dropped Private Party and Butcher and Blade. Yeah. So why do we still have them working with each other? It doesn't make sense. I don't know. But like you said, weird week in wrestling. It's a lot of things that aren't making any kind of sense. Nonetheless, uh, yeah, it just didn't seem like the match was their best. Wasn't a whole lot of high flying moves. I think that which typically a lot of fans look for in both these teams is just oddly choreographed.
1: What I noticed more so was that uh, the Lucha Bros seem to be a step behind and slower today. Or this match. And not used to seeing that. I've never really paid that much attention to Private Party. They did okay. Yeah, Private Party's a good tag team.
0: But, again, just like the Lucha Brothers, you see them take a little more high risk. Yeah. And... It seemed like both teams toned this match down quite a bit. Like they were trying to stick to more being on the mat than anything. And nothing wrong with that. It just, I think it threw fans off because that's not what they expect out of these guys. And yeah, I would say this probably kind of ended better, but I'd say an okay match. I, we're going to get into one of our newer favorite segments. Our, we're going to go over our top ten wrestlers of the week. And this is just our list. This isn't an expert list whatsoever. But this is who we feel deserves to be recognized for what they did on the weekly program. Um, let's go ahead and start with you coming in at number ten. Finn Bauer. Good choice. Uh, I went with Carmella just because I think she showed a lot more in-ring skill and the way she just continues to improve and being under-appreciated for what she is.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, she came from being a cheerleader. Right. And she's able to do the thing she does now.
0: Yeah. All right, let's move on to number nine. I actually
1: put down uh, Angelo Dawkins. Um, good choice for what his singles contribution has been lately. I'm I'm seeing things that I'm liking out of this guy.
0: I and I think Angelo will eventually will be a good single star if they do split up the street profits anytime soon. Yeah, I think we may see it at SummerSlam if they end up in the losing efforts to the Usos. Uh, my number nine pick, uh, just because of his performance in the opening match with NXT, Giovanni Vinci. I. Like I said, the guy wrestles like a veteran. I mean, he's continuing to keep me in awe of the way he moves in that ring. And I don't know. I think he might end up being one of them talents that moves up the main roster quicker than we think. Probably. Going into your number eight? Jonathan Gresham. Great choice. The. I'm not sure... I think they call him the Octopus, if I remember right, in Ring of Honor or something like that. Just because, you know, he can... The way he can move around that and the way he moves around with his wrestling holds. Uh, We're on number eight, right? Yeah. Okay, I got lost sidetracked so with my...
1: Yeah, I did my number eight. Now it's yours.
0: My dumbass thoughts today. Uh, my number eight, Mad Cat Moss, the way he held it together with Austin Theory... And the only reason I got him at number A is just because I think he's going to be a future star up there with Theory. I think him and Theory will definitely be holding WWE up for quite a while, as long as they stay healthy and injury-free. Number seven?
1: Vinci. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm looking to the side for a reason. You've already explained it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) No, I mean, it's your top ten. I mean,
1: I'm not going to tell you who to put there. Well, no, but we pretty much share the exact same thoughts about Vinci.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, my number seven is the lady who retained her NXT Women's Championship, Mandy Rose, continuing to be not only just getting better in the ring, but carrying on the toxic attraction gimmick. You know, she's just done really well and carried on with it
1: and they actually put out an article this week about her enjoying herself finally
0: yeah you you know i think you're seeing a lot of that with nxt talent right now is Mm -hmm. you know when nxt black and gold was going a lot of the talent back then were enjoying themselves they left because i think they didn't really like seeing the new changes that were coming up but i think if they were to stick around and gave it a chance I mean, it took a little bit for all the new stuff for me to kind of accept and let it grow on me. I just, I don't know. Maybe I just judged the book for its cover too quick on that, rather than reading the pages. I don't
1: know. The new covers of NXT 2.0 threw me off.
0: Yeah, I mean, they still kind of
1: throw me off. It looks like a party don't it
0: Well, kind (laughs) of looks like maybe we're letting kids run the show is the problem. Anyhow, uh, let's go on to number six.
1: Luchasaurus. I went with Luchasaurus mainly because we're starting to get to see that split, and we're seeing him go with it and doing more things.
0: Now the question is: Do we see a swerve <laughs> where Luchasaurus played Christian and joins back with Jungle Boy, or do we actually see the two splitting?
1: I I believe they're going to split.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I I'm not sure. I mean, I would kind of see it going in either direction. I would like to see them both be single stars in their respects, though. My number six, uh, the SmackDown Women's Champion Liv Morgan, thought she had a great match with Natty, and I think if WWE eh, if WWE lets her explore more in the ring, especially with great talents like Natty, I. I think things will get better and better for her down the road and be a multiple-time women's champion. Going into number five.
1: So we've already talked about her, so I'm not going to go through the explanation. Anna Jay.
0: Yeah, that's pretty well documented right there. Uh, My number five, it's actually a tie with two superstars from the NXT 2.0. I have double count-out guys, Solo Sokoa and Von Wagner. I and the reason why I put both of them in there is one there was no clear winner but two I think we're going to see a continued angle that just pushes these two to their limits and I don't think anything's going to be wrong if we keep seeing matches with these two talents going forward. Number 4,
1: Caden Carter. I've just I've never seen anything out of Caden Carter that I have not liked, and she did an incredible job this week.
0: Yeah, and she, with the way she worked with Tatum Paxley, she made Tatum Paxley look good. Not saying that Tatum Paxley didn't make herself look good, but Caden Carter made it look that much better with selling Tatum's moves and everything. And Caden, I think, is a good go-to coach veteran talent to have... If you need a good way to get over, Caden Carter, I think, is the way to go. Uh, my number four, Claudio Castanoli. Just with his match with Jake Hager and everything. Claudio, I think, is going to eventually be a future world champion in AEW or One of the other off-brands that's not WWE, obviously.
1: It would be about time. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think this guy's deserving of the top prize somewhere in one of these promotions. Yeah. And that, number three... Yeah.
1: Private Party. Just because, even though it wasn't that great of a match like we talked about before, they're still solid.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, they're a tag team that, actually, when they first came into, well, when they came into AEW and started the inaugural AEW Tag Team Championship Tournament... They were the ones that defeated the young bucks in the first round, and it surprised everyone. They had, they're a great talent. I just think we need to get them in a better angle and storyline, and get them in more serious role than dealing with this stuff with Andrade. You know. There's Agreed. No, I I want to
1: see more of them.
0: I I just think it's time to break them away from Andrade and Roosh and all that crap right now. Yeah, makes no sense to keep it together. Uh, my number three, the Professor Serena Deeb. Mainly just because the match she had with Anna Jay made her look really good. I mean, not saying it was Anna Jay or Serena Deeb. They both made each other look really good.
1: That's pretty curious. You'll find out in a few.
0: Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm guessing you have her higher ranked. Let's go <laughs> on to number two then.
1: Um, Swerve in the Glory. Um, never... Never super liked Keith Lee or Swerve, but I think what they're doing together right now is just great. Yeah.
0: I mean, they're talented. The whole angle with the whole trust issue between both men. Yeah. Especially with what we just saw recently with Swerve kind of teasing the attempt at clock Lee with the AEW tag team belt. Yep. I'm sorry, tag team title for you WWE guys out
1: there. Yeah.
0: I shake my head at that every time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that just with the way they keep adding more and more to it, they're just going to make this even more interesting as their reign goes down. Uh, my number two, the, re- uh, the guy who just retained the AEW Interim World Championship, John Moxley. Uh, his match with Takeshi just that should say enough right there with the way both talent brought the physicality to the match. To again to catch a future champion down the road, no matter what promotion he's in. John Moxley, just the way he's on a roll. The guy I mean, it's hard to not have this guy in your rankings. And then last but not least, your number one.
1: Numero uno. Serena Deep. By far. <laughs>
0: yeah i can't really disagree with that i would have had her higher but i kind of felt the moment belonged to swerving the glory who is my number one for not only winning the tag team championship but storyline wise was able to get along and put their differences aside and get that top prize in the tag team division and they did it it was a pretty awesome match overall I like I said, all three tag teams gel very well with each other and that's the kind of stuff I like to see from all these guys that give up their all. All right, that's gonna wrap it up for this week's edition of the wrestling fans insight. um next week we're not gonna have our typical episode uh two reasons. one, it's a Utah holiday next Sunday and we're gonna go camping so yeah, anyhow, I do plan on dropping an I do plan on having an episode drop next Sunday. I'm not sure what kind of episode it's going to be yet. I'm deciding whether I want to do my own top ten or something like that. But I will have something produced eventually. I'll hopefully try to bring some kind of interest. Mainly to get you all to tune in still. We do want to take the time to thank each and every one of you for who did decide to tune in to us. We know there's thousands of other wrestling podcasts out there. But please, don't be afraid to go support those guys either. Podcasts like The Hill Truth from Ted the Hillbilly Hill, Wrestling World from Austin Boyer. yeah, the Midwest Marks Podcast, the Armchair Booking Podcast, Botch Spots and Chair Shots Podcast, Agosto All Elite with Noah and Agosto. There's many of them out there. Please give them a listen. They definitely do a great job with their content would like to also let you know we're now on all of these major platforms. Spotify, iOS, Apple, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Player FM, Samsung, GL7, Boomplay, Deezer, Ghana, and I hope I'm pronouncing all of these right. And one last one. I think it's Rezo or Rezo. And you're also welcome to interact with us in many ways. We have our voicemail, Google voicemail, actually. You can call in at 385 367 4772. Leave us a voicemail. Who knows? Maybe it'll get aired on our podcast. You can also reach us on the Facebook groups, The Fans of Pro Wrestling, where we try to interact with everyone as much as we can. Also, I'm on Twitter at John, J O H N W F I N C I T E, basically John W F Insight, just like the way the show's spelled. I do a lot more than just wrestling, so feel free to join us there. And I think I forgot to mention it last week. I want to make sure I mention it this week. Big thank you to Pixabee.com where we were able to donate money to take the time and let us download music off their site. I want to give a shout out to Coma Media, Vidden, and Light Saturation for making those contributions on Pixabee.com so we can have music for our introduction, commercial breaks, and our exit for the show with that being said i don't have anything else do you will
1: no i don't have anything
0: all right well like said again we will not have a typical episode next week for the july 24th edition i will like said have hopefully something pre-recorded and drop on next week so stay tuned other than that y'all have a great week we'll see you here in a couple weeks take care and peace be with you